We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Everybody, Steve with Sunspadilla. I'm just coming at you with this. Well, everyone else is talking about it, so let's talk about the Roe v. Wade, death of Roe v. Wade. Now, no pun intended, situation because it's not over. It's actually just beginning is the, the point I'm trying to bring across. So just like in the Clown Planet, I'll show, I'll, we'll use some of the clips uh, so it's not just me talking. So here's Joe Brandon. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away the constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it, they simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans, but they did it. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. I thought January 6th was the saddest day ever, but, you know, I don't know anymore. It all changes. Yesterday, we finally figured out what a woman was, too. So these guys have literally lost their minds. Here's a uh, link. Now I have all these in the show notes for you, so you can grab them later. Here's uh, The Nation. Abortion involves killing, and that's okay. To be pro-choice is to be against forced life. So this is where the enemy, quote-unquote, is coming from. Now these, this is I read some of this. It's really just nuts. Cannot make such a contradiction. Now, some people are going to get upset about this part that I'm going to agree with Pelosi in the first part. Yesterday, the states cannot make laws governing the constitutional right to bear arms. So, this is talking about the day before Thursday when the SCOTUS ruled that New York could not regulate its own guns, which was a violation of federalism. So, one day, everyone's a nationalist, which is just a really mental disease almost. And then the next day, everyone's for federalism. So we were, she is right. We're a bunch of, everyone's kind of hypocritical on this, not understanding everything. And it was very contradictory because I even mentioned it on News from the Pew. Guys, did we just hurt ourselves in this? We just let the SCOTUS just say, we have to run it from the feds. Then the next day, they said the states can do it, thankfully. And today... They're saying the exact reverse, that the states can overturn the constitutional right for 50. So this is the incorporation doctrine that uh, Brian McClanahan is talking about here, and he, it just eviscerates it. This goes back to Hugo Black. It goes back to uh, this, this miracle amendment, or the, the miracle amendment is the 14th Amendment. Everything that says that the, uh, the Bill of Rights incorporates everything to the from the in the states, the supremacy clause, all that stuff. So it makes like the Second Amendment, which everyone only talks about. The Second Amendment really is from here to the ice world of Hoth, of Hoth and back around the Stargate, around here. You can't mess with the Second Amendment, Second Amendment, Second Amendment. Whereas if you look up the state constitutions, you're going to find a gun law in the state constitution. Most nobody does. Most everyone hasn't even read or even looked up or even has a clue what their state constitution is. It's almost like, do you even know what your state 
song is, state bird, things like that. This is where your country, your patria, this is where the love of your homeland is, your state. Decentralization, small, you know, this is, unless you want to think that we're Russia as one from being ruled by a 10 mile square in DC, eh, okay, then we'll just get ready for whatever comes down the road. The classroom, I teach there with Tom, it'll fully challenged by uh, Planned Parenthood, I think, in court, but is there a new heartbeat law in the better? It moves the podcast up. If you want people thinking locally and acting locally, get them involved in this podcast. Send me your show suggestions. Now, this is actually a listener-generated episode today, so I do these. And this is, I got several emails about this. And again, I don't always respond to your emails, but I do read them. I got several emails about this in this new South Carolina law that was just passed and the governor signed, which has been immediately challenged by uh, Planned Parenthood, I think, in court. But is there a new heartbeat law in South Carolina, which would essentially, I mean, ban abortions, right? I mean, th- that's the point of the law. And this now, is back in 2021. I want to talk about this in relation to federalism, not the law itself, but in relation to federalism. And there's this great book out by the Independent Institute. It's entitled, In All Fairness, Equality, Liberty, and the Quest for Human Dignity. And there's an essay in here by Bill Watkins. Now, Bill Watkins is a very good legal scholar. He's a, he's a fellow at the Independent Institute. And I don't always agree with what the Independent Institute does. They do put out some good books, though. Uh, and some things that I'll agree with and not agree with. But, I mean, they're sometimes they shade to too much left libertarianism. But this particular essay is so good, and it's so good because it has a long discussion of St. George Tucker. Now, Bill Watkins is certainly someone who believes in that part of the Southern tradition. And as a legal scholar, he pushes originalism. That's a wonderful thing. And St. George Tucker, of course, is one of those important figures in American originalism. St. George Tucker wrote the first full-scale, in-depth study of the United States Constitution. And he is often called America's Blackstone. And this is a man that went out and even looked at Blackstone and edited that. I mean, so he is so important as a legal mind in early American history. You can't get around St. George Tucker. But I dare say, if you asked most of your judges and lawyers in America, who is St. George Tucker, most of them would scratch their head and say, I have no idea. But if you asked them and said, who is John Marshall or Joseph Story? Oh, yeah. Stories, commentaries of the Constitution. So important. John Marshall, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. So important. But these judges like Spencer Rowan and St. George Tucker, legal minds, are, I mean, look, more important than John Marshall or Joseph Story when it comes to understanding the Constitution, right? Joseph Story's commentaries of the Constitution flipped the entire process on its head. He took the writings of the opponents of the document and said, here's a clear example of what the Constitution was supposed to mean. Because they warned about executive power, that means we should have executive power, right? This is what he's doing in his commentaries. It's, it's preposterous, but this is what people think is originalism. That's not originalism. If that was, if, if that had happened, if the, if the proponents of the document hadn't shouted these people down, essentially, this is the whole point of my originalist papers class. If the proponents of the document hadn't shouted those people down and said, you're wrong for saying these things, the Constitution never would have been ratified. If the founding generation sniffed 
that the Constitution would have created the modern elected king. They wouldn't have ratified the document. Now, Hamilton might have. I mean, look, Hamilton stands up in June of 1787 and says, yeah, we're going to get an elected king one day. Let's just skip over the misery and go right to it. So was he correct? Absolutely he was correct. There's something you can, I mean, look, all the things I could say about Hamilton, the man understood what was going to happen. He just wanted to skip over all the heartache and get there right away. He also said, though, that if we're going to have incompatible things, let's just secede. Let's get out. Let's, let's have this break up now. Let's not try to force each other together. We didn't listen then. We're not listening now. We should. But we're not. So this little part of this book and the title of this chapter is The Retreat from Equality Before the Law. The Retreat from Equality Before the Law. And I love this essay. Because, again, he gets into Tucker. Now, he goes through a litany of cases that have to do with what we know now as incorporation. That is the real enemy of federalism. It's not the general government, even though they pass a lot of stupid legislation and a lot of stupid regulations and unconstitutional legislation, unconstitutional regulation. They do that constantly. They pass all of this stuff. That's, that, though, is not the real enemy of Federalism in America, it's the federal court system. It's what Raul, Raul Berger pointed out in Government by Judiciary. And we've had all kinds of people uh, write about how dangerous the federal judicial branch is to liberty in America. And then, of course, you've got the left libertarians. I think it's great. Incorporation is great because you can incorporate the First Amendment. You can make sure that the First Amendment now applies to all the states. The dirty little secret is that every state already has a so-called First Amendment in its state constitution. So if they want to bash the the state government, just use the state constitution. There's no reason to incorporate. In fact, that was, that was pointed out over and over again in the ratification process. We don't need a Bill of Rights because all the states already have one. If you put these Bill of Rights down, what you're saying, in essence, is that, well, we think the general government can infringe on freedom of speech. But it couldn't. It had no power to do it. This is what James Wilson consistently said. It had no power to do things that weren't specifically enumerated in the Constitution. When you go to this heartbeat ban, heartbeat law, essentially in South Carolina, I want the opponents of that law to point out where the general government has any authority to rule in this particular case. They don't. They're having to stretch the Constitution six ways a Sunday to figure it out. And that's the Roe v. Wade decision. It was a bad decision. It was a decision that didn't even fit with originalism. It didn't fit with anything. It was a political decision, and that's a dangerous decision. And so William Watkins in this essay gets into that. He starts talking about incorporation. Incorporation really is the enemy. It's the enemy of good government, and it's the enemy of uh, nationalism or I should say it's the proponent of nationalism, it's the en enemy of federalism in America. Incorporation is the reason the general government thinks they can pass any law they want and the states just have to deal with it, or that they can rule on all these different issues because, of course, they think they have complete control of state governments because the Constitution then is supreme and the Bill of Rights applies to everybody in the states 
It does for federal law. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The federal government can't pass a law that bans free speech. The federal government can't pass a law that bans firearms. They can't. They'll do it, but they can't. And that's because of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, by the way. But the states can do all of these things. In fact, when the Bill of Rights was ratified, there were three states in the North that had state-established churches. States could infringe on free speech And when we had the sedition law in 1798. So egregious. Opponents pointed out, well, yeah, I mean, the general government can't do it. The states can if they want to. The states can pass sedition laws. As long as it doesn't violate the state constitution. This is something I've been saying over and over again for now going on five years on this podcast. The states can do whatever they want as long as it does not violate the state bill of rights or state law. And as long as, I mean, there are certain parts of the constitution, article one, section 10, they can't violate, but that's it. The whole thing of secession too, where secession is illegal in the US constitution, where? Where does it say it's illegal? Is it a power not, is it a power that the states don't have? Is it an article one, section 10, you can't leave the union? Is that explicitly stated? If it's not explicitly stated, it's not illegal. It says they can't form confederacies. That's why they're in the union. But they can form confederacies if they're not in the union. You see. It doesn't say they can't leave the union. It's not a power denied by the Constitution to the states. So I want to go through this particular part of the essay. It's not a long part of the essay. About St. George Tucker and because St. George Tucker is so important, I do cover St. George Tucker in my uh, Founding Fathers class. I cover him in my American Constitutions class. He's an important guy. I cover him in my Hamilton class. So lots of different classes to cover St. George Tucker. But I'm going to go through Bill Watkins, what he says about St. George, George Tucker. He says, St. George Tucker was born in 1752 in Bermuda. In 1771, Tucker immigrated to Virginia and studied law under George Wythe. During the Revolutionary War, Tucker led an expedition to Bermuda that captured a large quantity of military stores that would later be used by George Washington's army. Tucker distinguished himself in battle and was wounded during the Yorktown campaign. After the war, Tucker enjoyed a thriving law practice and was selected in 1790 to succeed George Wythe as professor of law at William and Mary. Tucker served as Virginia State Court judge and was appointed to the federal bench in 1813 by President James Madison. Tucker's greatest work was the annotated edition of William Blackstone's Commentaries on the Laws of England. In the words of historian Clyde N. Wilson, Tucker sought to republicanize Blackstone via extensive essays and notes. Tucker believed the principles of popular sovereignty adopted during the and after the revolution made much of English precedent inapplicable to the new world. Hence, Tucker worked to explain to his students the significance of the supplanting of parliamentary sovereignty and the adopting of other Republican institutions. During the first half of the 19th century, Tucker, Tucker's annotated commentaries was the textbook of American legal education. This is how important this guy was. If you took, if you were studying law in America in the early 19th century, you were studying St. George Tucker. Now, it's important to note, St. George Tucker is related to a whole bunch of important people in Virginia, among them John Randolph of Roanoke, marriage. He was uh, Randolph's stepfather. In his essay entitled, View of the Constitution of the United States, Tucker noted that with the American Revolution, enlightened thinkers drew a clear distinction between sovereignty and government. 
the former Tucker Root was found to reside in the people and to be unalienable from them, whereas the latter was but an instrument for exercising authority delegated by the people. So government is simply an instrument for exercising authority delegated by the people. The branches of government were simply servants and agents of the people. When referring to the people, Tucker did not have in mind the undifferentiated inhabitants of the 13 colonies. Instead, Tucker thought of the people of the states as sovereign. From the moment of the revolution, he explained, the former colonies became severally independent and sovereign states, possessing all the rights, jurisdiction, and authority that other sovereign states possesses. The Constitution of 1787, Tucker continued, was ratified by conventions of the people in each state. This mode of ratification featured the action of the people of those states in their highest sovereign capacity. Now, John Marshall would essentially agree with this, but John Marshall would say, well, wait a second, because he says this, John Marshall says this later on in one of his more infamous decisions. Well, of course, we ratified the states. How else were we supposed to do it? You couldn't have a national convention to do this. So we had to break it out in the states. You couldn't have had a convention of all the states ratify the Constitution because you couldn't have had enough delegates. So it had to be done in the states. But that didn't mean that it wasn't a national voice. That's tortured reasoning. Because as Tucker correctly points out, it was done by the states and the state ratifying conventions could reject or accept it by state. Nine states had to ratify the document, not, not, not nine uh, subdivisions of the general government, the people thereof. It's a, it's a compact between the states, not between the people, so ratifying the same. So Tucker is accurately pointing out what's happening here. John Marshall, John Marshall, oh, well, of course we got to ratify in the states because that's all we had. Marshall's tortured logic has become, though, the accepted version of what happened when Tucker is the guy that people should be paying attention to. Not John Marshall, not Joseph Story, and certainly not Incorporation. From this point, Tucker reasoned that the Constitution was a federal compact through which the sovereign and independent states united themselves together by perpetual confederacy without each ceasing to be a perfect state. Absent a specific delegation of power to the general government, Tucker believed that the states retained every power and jurisdiction they possessed before ratification. The powers delegated to the federal government being all positive and enumerated, Tucker wrote, whatever is not enumerated is retained. This is exactly what James Wilson said in the State House Yard speech in October of 1787, which, by the way, I cover in the originalist paper. And he wasn't alone. Lots of people said that in the ratification period. We've lost that. Hopefully this podcast is helping resurrect that. But you got to get people listening. You will violate accepted maxims of political law for a sovereign state to be deprived of any power by implication. Tucker then offered his cardinal rule of constitutional interpretation. Quote, since each state in becoming a member of a federal republic retains uncontrolled jurisdiction over all cases of municipal law, Every grant of jurisdiction into the Confederacy in any such case is to be construed as special in as much as it derogates from the antecedent rights of the state making the concession. With the national government receiving special and definite powers, Tucker believed the courts should give much discretion to state legislative efforts. So what he's pointing out here is, look, everything which is not granted is retained. So if there's not a special 
and expressly enumer enumerated power to the general government, that government has no power to do it. Now, when you go back to a lot of these things we're talking about here, the general government having a negative over state law, Tucker would be completely against that because nowhere in the Constitution does it give the general government to legislate on things like marriage, for example, or a host of other social issues, including this heartbeat bill. It wouldn't have any jurisdiction. Zero to Tucker. Zero. So that's where it gets in where Clarence Thomas talked about, hey, you know what? The gay marriage bill, contraception, et cetera, like that. There's nothing to do with the federal government. That's where it goes. You can watch the rest of us. He's got a couple other videos on incorporation. But that's where we're getting into. That's, you won't hear this on Fox. You won't hear this on CNN. You won't hear this from the NRA. Everything's the the federal gun, D.C. or bust. States, states rights, states speed, you know what. It's almost like destruction of states, basically destruction of the state constitutions. That's why you act locally, think locally. He's the one that brought this up. I'm the one. I've, did, I've just gravitated towards his, his slogan and used it in the Catholic sense as well. And I think Brian's a Catholic guy as well. He's in, uh, he's in Georgia, actually. And uh, I don't know if he's trapped. I don't know who cares on that part. But anyways, you got to get out of this mindset of D.C., which is great about what just happened yesterday with the uh, with Dobbs and uh, Mississippi being able to. That was the bill, that Mississippi bill that came in. And that was why Oklahoma ended up having the next, it was four days after Judge Napolitano was talking about it. Had it written that four days after it comes into law, they were coming out with this big old ban on abortion. And it actually, except for uh, uh, rape and incest, which they have a little special thing in there saying, if you get, if you say you've been raped, you have to prove it with a police report, which, hey, that makes a lot of sense. You just can't go out and scream rape. Again, that's not free. I mean, free speech people would probably say, well, you can scream fire anyway. No, air has no rights. You can't yell rape, accuse somebody of rape if they didn't rape you. And he can't, that's what that, uh, Professor, uh, Dr. Uh, Bernard Nathanson was talking about when they, when he got abortion okay down in the, uh, was somewhere in the Caribbean, I think it was. And they mentioned, they used the exceptions of rape. He goes rape sky high or rape accusations or reasons sky high, uh, skyrocketed. Read his book, uh, Aborting America. He mentions that. He's also the one that brings up the whole idea of back alley abortions and scaring people into this. He goes, no, nah, there was none of that going on, but we used that line because we knew it would work. Speaking of, here's, oh, well, let me go with this first. I'm in Zurich, Switzerland, monitoring the Supreme Court of the United States, which just a few minutes ago, formally, finally, and officially overruled Roe versus Wade uh, and Casey versus Planned Parenthood. In plain English, these are the two Supreme Court opinions which created out of thin air, without any history, without any law, without any science, the right to an abortion in the United States. So from and after 15 minutes ago, there is no federally protected right to an abortion in the United States. And the federal courts and the Congress are not competent to rule on abortion or to offer legislation on abortion. You may recall that a couple of uh, months ago, maybe about a month and a half ago, someone who got their hands on Justice Alito's draft opinion uh, and released it to Politico, and then uh, everybody in the media and the whole world saw it, and it caused quite an uproar. This is the same opinion. 
This opinion says that abortion is a matter for the states. So states like New Jersey, New York, California, Illinois will and already have permitted abortion up to the moment of birth. By the way, New Jersey, my home state, sickens me because it permits abortion up to the moment after other states, of course, like Oklahoma and Montana, prohibit all abortions under all circumstances except for rape and incest when the rape and incest has been reported to law enforcement uh, within 24 hours uh, of the event. This is an earth-shattering opinion, but it is not a surprise because we got a preview of it when the uh, draft version uh, was leaked a month and a half ago. Is the opinion that came out today the same as the draft opinion? I haven't compared every comma and every footnote, but it appears to be the same. The rationale is the same. Nearly all the language is the same. The vote is either five to four or six to three. I say either because the more conservative justices, Justice Sam Alito, who authored the opinion, Justice Clarence Thomas, Justice Neil Gorsuch, Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and Justice Amy Coney Barrett fully signed on to the majority opinion by Justice Alito. The Chief Justice John Roberts wrote a short opinion saying, I agree with the court's ruling, but I wouldn't have gone this far. It's an odd thing that the Chief Justice did. He basically said Roe was wrong when it was decided and it's time to overrule it. Casey was wrong when it was decided, and it's time to overrule it. There was no reason to take jurisdiction away from the federal courts and, and federal uh, lawmaking authority away from Congress. So the Chief Justice wouldn't have gone as far as the majority did. Many of my colleagues in the media are calling this a six to three opinion. That's a bit of a stretch. It's really five to four with the Chief Justice a little bit on the fence. The three dissenters wrote an emotional, emotional dissent uh, in which they argued that the court will never be the same uh, after today because the court has never before once granted a right and then in the, in the lifetime, uh, lifetimes of the same people during which it was granted, taken it back. I, of course, as a longtime opponent of Roe versus Wade, applaud this. It does, of course, permit abortions, as I indicated. And those more liberal states will not only permit abortions, they will, like New Jersey, pay for them, and they will, like California, pay you to fly there, reimburse you for flying there and staying there in order to have the abortion. The courts have a principle of law called stare decisis, a Latin phrase meaning let the decision stand. And it basically says if a decision has been announced and people have relied on it, and it has survived the test of time, which usually means two or three generations, it ought not be disturbed, unless it is egregiously wrong. Hence the language that Justice Alito used, that Roe was, in 1973, when it was decided, egregiously wrong, and remains egregiously wrong today. This will cause a tremendous tumult in the political world, and it may have an influence on the uh, um, congressional elections coming uh, this November. But Roe versus Wade is gone. There is no federal protection for uh, abortion. It's now up to the 50 states. They can legislate however they see fit.
here's a list of the states right now where in the next few days or weeks, 26 states expected to ban or severely restrict abortion rights. It's mostly the South, obviously. Uh, we're, we're working on North Carolina. I'm in North Carolina, but I knew about South Carolina. They've been trying to push it for years to get something through. Uh, let's see, it's every outside the West Coast. So the West Coast is is all pro-abort. You have the, basically the heartland except for Colorado, uh, Kansas, and Arizona, uh, New Mexico, and then the rest of the Atlantic. So outside the Atlantic states, you got South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, North Carolina, all the way up to Maine is pretty much uh, still going. And I actually saw the attorney governor uh, in North Carolina talk about, we're going to stay, make sure we're going to be uh, pro board. So don't worry. We'll be, again, thinking locally, acting locally. That's the whole idea. What do you do about what's next? And that's what's next. Here, if you're in these gray states, your job is to fix your states, clean up your states. You should have been doing this already. I, I've never liked the D.C. March for Life. I always thought the local or state March for Life at least was doing something. But it was all that should have been focused on the states anyways. Now it's back to the states, which was Mississippi, the least Catholic state in the union, was able to pull this off, by the way. And, uh, I mean, this... <laughs> Let's let's be honest. We're not a Catholic, uh, you know, union of people here, but uh, it was a Catholic. It was a non-Catholic state that was a, the least Catholic state. South Carolina is the second to least Catholic. Anyways, you got to start getting active. You just can't go back and say, "Woohoo, yeah, we're done. It's over with." Cool, yeah. Sing the song, smoke, light one up, start dancing. No, this the fight has just begun. If you're in California, I'll show you some tweets that uh, Gruesome Newsom's already put out. You're supposed to get involved, get into that state house, find a way to get in that state house, and flip that state back. Everything. If you're in the red states, there is no putting your legs up and thinking, oh, it's over with. We're done, baby. We, the happy days are here again. No, 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 no. Their enemy will try to infiltrate and get into your state house. They will do everything they can to get baby killing back up and going. Your job is to make sure that never happens. So if you're in Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, wherever, Iowa, you need, you're a good Catholic gentleman, this is not the lazy boy religion. You're supposed to be activated. Get involved. If you can't get involved, get somebody else involved. Well, you better be praying for this stuff as well or helping out. Everything. Think about anything you can do. There's no excuses. You can help out a group. You can send money to a group. You can run to help the run the fight. You can help somebody else run the fight. You can educate others to run to fight. Whatever it is, there's a something that you can do. Nothing is not an option. They will focus on the local ones. Example, in the state of North Carolina where I'm at right now, during the last election, everything went red. All the votes, local votes, went red, except for Cooper, who's the governor. He went blue. Soros and others all over the place sent money to him. You can look it up on their thing. I looked it up. Soros, even his sons were sending money. You go to any state, you'll find outsourcing out. You'll find out, you know, people from the outside sending money, which is a terrible idea. It goes back to federalism. You shouldn't have that. It should be local to your state area. No outside influence. But that happens. So don't think that in Ohio, you're red. Don't think that these guys, the people inside aren't going to be trying to flip that over. So these guys are going to, they're going to try to cement everything. Rhode Island came out a couple of weeks ago saying they're going to cement or codify Roe v. Wade. Hey, people in Rhode Island, Catholics up there, what are you doing about that? You're just going to let that go? Uh, you, know, you should be, if you're in Rhode Island 
and you're celebrating against this, okay, great. <laughs> Fix up your backyard. Same thing with everyone else that's in gray. If you're celebrating in Washington, State, Washington State, okay, great. There's a uh, clip from uh, Bull Durham, the movie, baseball movie, Bull Durham. I, I would find it, play it, play it, but it was going to take too long to find it. Because in and on the movie, you two will probably knock it down. But Nuke Lelouch, the pitcher, has a great inning. I think he goes three up, three down. He sits there on the bench and uh, uh, what's his face? His uh, character, uh, Kevin uh, Costner's character, uh, looks at him. What's and, and, and what's going on? And, he, and the pitcher is basically going, "Now ah, this is I did this. You see this? This was great." Blah blah blah. And, uh, Crash is his character's name. Goes the moment's over. Get back in the game. Same thing with this. Okay, be joyful. Be happy that Rope finally got knocked out of the Supreme Court, knocked out of the feds. The moment's over. You better get activated in your local and state governments now. Should have been activated yesterday. You better get activated now. That's the solution to all this right now. Localism, getting in to your local and state governments and fixing your states and converting it. I know when I said Mississippi's the least Catholic, you Catholics in Mississippi better start getting activated on converting Mississippi. South Carolina's second least, 2% Catholic. Better start getting activated to convert your state. You don't have to worry about converting Nigeria. You don't have to worry about converting uh, Istanbul or whatever. Work on your neighborhood, work on your county, work on your city, work on your restaurant, whatever, local areas. Make that city Catholic. But anyways, that's the that's the whole thing about what's going on right here. Here's another one, ABC News. Uh, this was basically the link that was in here. So if you want to look at it, again, this is not a this does not kill abortion. This was the link right here. This whole ruling did not abandon, did not end abortion. Abortion will still go on unless you stop it at every level and every state. And then obviously it's in other countries. So, I mean, people are going, I saw somebody writing about the miracle. This is the consecration of Fatima. Okay, well, you know, Ireland and Europe, they're all still killing babies out there. The United States isn't the world. Let's get that mind out that we are the central centered universe. We are the the it just it I, it was bad, boggles the mind when I was seeing all that about. Well, this is the this is the reason why you know Fatima's consecrated was the you know Roe getting out. Well, they're still killing babies. One war is still going on. Two, uh, there's a lot of evil still going on. We will know when that miracle happens without a doubt. We want to be like, hey, you know, this might be it. These guys are still going to be killing babies tomorrow. Businesses are paying people, paying for people to come in there to do it. I mean, every business that you are affiliated with, the use, your bank account, your, where you shop, et cetera, like that, they will be flying people out and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. It's, it's, it's backwards nuttiness. I don't, and I don't understand it. I mean, even like, what was it? There's a couple things that are just online business groups that are doing it going, really? I mean, I get Amazon and Apple, but uh, Dick Sporting Goods? Really? Here's the Vatican says Vatican praises U.S. court abortion decision, saying it challenges the world. This came out uh, yesterday. Here's a list of states again that said they will not be that are not affected by Roe v. Wade. California, Colorado, that, you know, all these guys. Here's gruesome Newsom. Abortion is legal in California. It will remain that way. I just signed a bill that makes our state a safe haven for women across the nation. We will not uh, cooperate with any states that attempt to prosecute women and doctors for receiving or providing re reproductive care. There's other states. Here's a Governor Ned Lamont. He's in Connecticut, 89th Governor of Connecticut. Not in Connecticut and not on my watch. We will not take away any women's right to contra contraception or in same-sex marriage or relationships. This is going after uh, Clarence Thomas's uh, 
mention about going after Ogofell, Lawrence, and Griswold. Let's see. New Jersey, with our Freedom of Protective Choice Act, the right to abortion will remain a law in the land of Jersey. Uh, Mara Henley, he's, she's running to be governor of Mass, uh, governor for the people, Massachusetts Attorney General. Abortion is legal in Massachusetts. I will do everything in my power to keep it that way. Let's see, so you can and I just you can just do this type. I just type Massachusetts governor because I wanted to see what the Pocahontas was doing. She went up there. Abortion access still protected in Massachusetts despite overruling. If you're in Massachusetts. Better get what there's no excuse for you not to go out, not to start trying to fix that state, not to get involved in politics somehow and fixing that area. And like I said, any state, California, that make you there's a lot of Catholics in California, better start getting uppity. This is just some of the evidence about the uh, Antifa. This one guy said, Who has time to drop everything in protest? But the truth is, the majority opinion today that he was just hyperventilating about said specifically that what you just heard Biden say is not true. They addressed it explicitly, and we're quoting. Nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion. Got that? So actually, this does not allow them to ban condoms or gay marriage or interracial marriage or whatever fear-mongering talking point. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Whatever lie they're telling you is just that. It's a lie. It says it right in the decision. Hermie Dillon read the decision. She's this country's premier civil rights lawyer. She's the CEO of the Center for American Liberty. She joins us tonight. Hermie, thanks a lot for coming on. I wonder, I mean, even by their standards, where you just say, like, literally whatever it takes and just lie with a straight face, how can they, this just came out today, this opinion, they've seen it, how can Biden say that? Well, Biden is, as usual, about 50 years behind the curve. Uh, and so the privacy right that he talked about in Roe v. Wade isn't even the current law. So as this opinion points out, Roe based its uh, reasoning on this privacy right under the first, fourth, fifth, ninth, and 14th amendments. But the most recent law, Casey, which refined this case, uh, really relies on only one aspect of the Constitution, which is substantive due process under the 14th amendment, okay? And so what they tried to do in that Casey decision is sort of wrap abortion into that jurisprudence, which includes all of those other uh, aspects. But as this opinion points out, Abortion is fundamentally different. Unlike the marriage cases, unlike these other fundamental rights cases, only abortion stops a human life. And that makes it absolutely unique in the law. And that is why a different analysis needs to apply to it. Um, now, of course, Justice Thomas did say in his concurring opinion that the jurisprudence that underlies these other cases under substantive due process is also deeply flawed. And you can believe both things. You can believe that people should have the right to contraception. You can believe that people should have the right to abortion. And you can believe that predicating those rights on a flawed 14th Amendment analysis is garbage jurisprudence. And so that's 14th Amendment. That's the incorporation doctrine. That's where it needs to go now. It needs to go back to the states. And Tucker, as your whole show has been pointing out, it's much easier for Democrats to create fear and hype and riot. It's also cheaper to make laws by pressuring a handful of justices 
than by passing laws in the states that the majority supports. And so this is a very sound decision, and I am not losing any sleep over losing any fundamental rights here as a basis of this decision, Tucker. Well, and by the way, Democrats said they were going to codify Roe in the Congress. They're going to pass a federal law basically restating Roe, and they couldn't even agree on what a pregnant person was. That's the reason it didn't it didn't get through. It's like, do you think they can they can pass a federal law codifying Roe? Why don't they try? I don't understand. Well, we know why, Tucker, as science has advanced and as people have become more enlightened about this issue and the harms of abortion, there's no majority for a abortion law like Roe. Roe itself is not even the law. But even for Casey, the majority of Americans do not believe that there should be abortion after a fetal heartbeat, after the fetus can feel yeah. pain. And that's at the 15-week 15, 15 level of the Mississippi law, uh, the fetus has a developed heart and eyelids and can suck her thumb. Uh, that is not something or a fetus that most Americans believe should be subject to termination at whim. And so they cannot get that law passed. That's why they're hyperventilating and freaking out over here. Well, exactly. Hermit Dill, great to see you, Chuck. Here's the tolerant left. This is in LA last night. Expect more of that to happen. Again, basically, like I said before, wait, let me get that uh, map up. What you want to be doing is the following: is the following being able to get in those states and being able to clear up your local and back your local and state constitution, local and state governments. That is your job from now on. If you're not doing that, if you're just if you think it's over with, you think this is with this is just beginning. Again, this this war has just begun. It goes back to the states. Yay! Now we can end it. And those that have ended it, like Oklahoma and Texas and things like that, better stay vigilant. Do not let up. Because, again, the evil, the end, the enemy, which the pro boards, they will get in there and they will flip your state within 10 years if you let them do it. If you don't remain vigilant, you will be flipped and you will become a pro board state. And who knows? There's nothing, there's nothing pushing that, you know, something happens in D.C. in the next decade or so that they get pro-abort justices back in and somebody tries to put it back in and Roe comes back in the feds. That's not, that's not, that's not crazy to think about either. That could happen. But definitely think, think locally and act locally right now. Better fix your states and better get activated and clear, clean up and defend your states in this. One final thing is get this book. We helped Sophia uh, Press get this book out, Christian Social Principles by Sister Mary Concilio O'Brien. It's a very Thomistic book. It gets into everything. What is a right? What are laws? What is this? What is society? What is culture? Get this to understand what is going on in the cultural, uh, political atmosphere and that. So that way you can, if you want to run for office, you can run this and be able to understand what is a right? What is a law? What are all the, what is a state, etc. What is a government? Uh, very, very uh, highly recommended book found this a couple years ago it is a brilliant piece uh, again everything i've mentioned will be in the show notes uh take a look at it god love you have a great weekend